Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Well, I'm looking forward to catching up with my next guest because it was yesterday around 3 o'clock. You have to understand that you've got to listen to my show 24-7 and you can't miss a show or you'll miss a lot. But it was around 3 o'clock yesterday that I was speaking with Leisha Corbella from the Calgary Herald and she had been looking into a story. When it comes to Alberta's new labor laws, there have been some changes made and especially when it comes to how workforces can be union certified. There was a time when you would have had to have a private vote. Those times have gone, in Alberta at least. Tom Ross, partner in labor and employment lawyer with McLennan Ross, joins us today. Hello, Tom. Hi, Angela. The reason I wanted to bring you on, Tom, because it was back at the beginning of January, I had you on, because we knew that we were going into uh, a new era of new labor laws. And it's, it's a massive change to our labor laws. But one in particular I wanted to talk about in relation to how unions can certify or be certified in a workplace. Can you give me an idea of the new changes that Alberta is seeing? Sure. So the the old rules used to be that you have to demonstrate, any union has to demonstrate a level of support amongst whatever group of employees they're trying to organize. And the threshold has always been, or for many, many years, 40%. So you need to have 40% of those employees either sign a petition saying they want the union to represent them or to be members or apply for membership in the union. That 40% threshold is still in place, but, but one of the big changes that... Uh, has caused concern since it came in and and, uh, now recently is creating problems, is that there's a new threshold of 65%. So if you have 65% of employees who are members or applicants for membership in a union, then it's possible to have unionization occur without any democratic selection or vote by those employees for that union. But how does that 65% show that they want a union? Well, that's a great question, and that's you know one of the fundamental concerns that that opponents of those changes have had. The the, the notion, of course, is that uh, you would only be a member of an organization that you supported and wanted to represent you. But that yeah. that 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 may be true, but that's certainly not universally true, uh, and and particularly in some industries where people might be members of of different unions. Whether I'm a member of of a union and want to be a member of that union for one reason doesn't mean that I necessarily want them to represent me or to certify uh, the employer that I'm working with. And and then the additional problem is many people end up signing applications for membership uh, without really understanding what they're signing. Well, and that's, I think, at the, the crux of Leisha Corbella's story in the Calgary Herald. The workers claimed to her that um, a union had approached them and said, you have some past union dues. If you sign this, you are going to have those dues wiped out, and it's for only $2. And so this is the claim that they were signing something and didn't realize, in fact, they were signing what appears to be uh, approval or the process to certify as a union. So it, is there some strict guidelines as to how it looks as far as me uh, agreeing to be part of a union? There aren't, unfortunately, any specific rules in respect to that. And and again, that's one of the concerns that opponents of these changes identified a long time ago, uh, that people sign for lots of reasons which may be entirely improper and, and 
entirely unrelated to whether they want the union to support them. Now, if if the conduct is you know, grossly unacceptable, you know, uh, threatening, uh, intimidating, and so forth. There are prohibitions against that in the legislation. But it's not something that there's an automatic test when the the evidence gets submitted to the Labor Board that someone analyzes whether that support is voluntary or not. It's really left to the uh, the, the relevant parties, in this case, you know, uh, the union, and they're not going to raise that yeah. issue. The employer uh, that uh, you know may or may not know about that issue, and the employees who, even if they do know about that issue, they they frequently aren't. And I think in this case, it demonstrates that they, they simply were unaware of what their rights and obligations were to to raise their objections. And it re- leads to one other point that isn't really addressed in that Lisa Corbella article, but it's another really serious concern about the changes is that there's a uh, a fast-track process now that the legislation requires the Labor Board to process from start to finish any union certification application within a four-week period of time. Mm. And, you know, that, that that can work in many cases, but lots of cases it, it doesn't. And the history was that it, it takes time to schedule things, to gather information, to put together a proper hearing to properly hear and determine the issues in dispute. And so now part of the problem is, frankly, the Labor Board is is greatly constrained. They feel a heavy pressure from the legislation that they have to deal with things quickly. And so they are now forcing what are really arbitrary timelines on on the parties. And it's, it's a, a, a real practical problem for those of us who are in this business because it forces things to be addressed in a way that can be very inconvenient and oftentimes uh, unfair because you just don't have time to get things together. So part of the problem here was the employees you know, eventually showed up at a hearing to try and identify their concerns, and they hadn't satisfied the procedural requirements mm. to submit their, their objections uh, in advance. And, you know, as Lisa Carbella, I think, rightly identifies, well, the board still had a discretion to allow the, the vote to occur. And, and, and I agree that that's the case. And certainly there were concerns that why didn't that happen? But it's it's important to understand, to fully understand what's going on here, that, that this uh, arbitrary time limit that has been placed into the legislation really ties the labor board's hands And they don't like it any more than the rest of us uh, in industry like it. Tom, thanks for your clarification as always. Thanks so much, Angela. Tom Ross, partner, labor and employment lawyer with McLennan Ross.